Hey, we're rolling in this spring, and No Prize Podcast has got your back. I am the Professor Bud Young, and with me is Lucas. What's going on, Lucas? Happy spring. Happy spring, man. It is no coat, no sweater weather, and... I'm not ready. I've been eating peanut potato chips. <laughs> oh, well, we actually might be able to leave the house this spring. <laughs> so uh, I'm not ready. Out. I'm not ready to have been doing my setups, man. Jeez, oh, uh, well, down. I think we all need to judge less on how people are going to look this year. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's never been pretty with me, but you know, we'll see. Um. Hey, so uh, so we have Captain America and uh, see, I, I told you I was going to mess that up. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm going to call it Captain America and Winter Soldier because that's what's in my brain. But we got the first two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we got some big Marvel news coming on uh, coming out with uh, well, with change in movie release dates. Plus, we have uh, huge news on the distribution side of things that we're going to really kind of dive in and talk about. And we, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about a couple of comics that came out this week. Uh, you know, but that's becoming less and less important as we go on, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they'll become obsolete, and we'll just be able to talk about other stuff. But um, let's uh, let's jump into uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier because um, did you watch the uh, second episode when it dropped yesterday? Uh, I watched some of it, not all of it, but you know the it's been the research for me. You know, there's all all types of stuff that's been going on uh you know the so for instance the in the first one um <laughs> that that lit a lot of freaking candles and fire in a lot of people because we already knew what was supposed to happen hey freaking um you know your boy the falcon he was supposed to take over the helm and then he comes in and we're and we're hyped we're like oh man this is gonna be great he's gonna take over to captain america and then, and then, what does he do? He gives up the shield. He he's, he just takes the shield, and then he puts it in the Smithsonian. Yeah, like, I mean, yo. we all knew, we all knew what was going to happen. <laughs> but hey, at the now, I mean, they they kind of already ruined the storyline with the preview because the preview actually showed uh, Falcon in a Captain America type outfit from when he was from when he was Captain America in Marvel. Uh, which kind of it was a kind of a loyal costume to to that. So we know it's coming down the line. Eventually, he's going to become Captain America and have the shield. So uh, you know, this is just going to be his journey to get there. Um, but I was amazed, at, and I'm uh, I'm going to jump into episode two um, at how much of Mark Grunewald's influence was all over this episode particularly but going forward how much of the storylines from the 80s that they're going to be using uh you know with the intro of course we were we knew we were getting john walker um i thought it was great seeing uh lamar hoskins as Battlestar yesterday i didn't know they were going to go there but the 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 one place i didn't think they were going to go and tell me if you were surprised by this too was the introduction of isaiah bradley uh which was the uh from the Captain America limited series and I believe that was in 2003 was uh Captain America red white and black where they introduced that there was a black Captain America back in the 50s and that the government was experimenting on black soldiers trying to uh recreate the super soldier serum with uh right. not too uh successful results right. um I didn't know they were going to do that 
And that right. surprised me. But the thing was, was as soon as they cut to that scene with, uh, with um, Bucky and, and Sam walking down the streets to that house, as soon as I saw that house, I knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> I, I was like, I even yelled it out. I said, oh, my God, they're introducing Isaiah. <laughs> and I didn't know. And they also introduced um, his grandson, who becomes Patriot in Young Avengers. So mm-hmm. we were talking about uh, we were talking about how many characters they're introducing for Young Avengers, and how that's gonna be coming down the pike. Not announced, but they're introducing all the characters. Yeah, that is. I mean, that, you're hitting it on the head, man. It is so weird, man. Um, I, I guess on the one hand, it's like, hey, they're showing, hey, yeah, we, hey. We had a freaking uh, backup plan because something did have the freaking Captain America and all this other stuff. But the what, the characters that they're choosing to show that is kind of weird. Right? It's kind of digging into the weird pasty, not and so uh, American pasty. The 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 the, the, yeah. the opposite day freaking past, right? You know, because we already we already knew that. Pretty much that U.S. Asian at some point was going to freaking made it. Yeah, I was like, okay, gotcha. But the fact that they decided to go along that element of hey there's this weird freaking african-american uh captain america there was this guy and this guy and this guy so it's kind of weird they're freaking showing it and i gotta wonder was there somebody out there that after uh captain america passed that freaking uh shield to falcon and then you know you got the internet trolls like oh how dare he you know falcon was never Oh, there was never a black Captain America. This is just the diverse. And then they say, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Watch this. I guarantee you that's probably what happened. And something lit the fire on the freaking writer where they decided to show um, some of the stuff. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, fast, yeah. you have to think in that, that them introducing that because, you know, um, Sam was feeling that he wasn't ready or maybe not even worthy of carrying the shield in the first episode. But then when you, when he meets Isaiah and I, I have to say that they're going to go back to Isaiah at some point. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we're, we're going to see more of him. Um, but that's going to be playing with Sam's head. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man, it's like there was a super soldier, a black super soldier, like 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, I didn't know if I was confident enough to do this and somebody else has already done it. You know, to me, I think that that's, that's going to be way more on him than, uh, and, and, and way towards him getting the shield back. Not to mention the fact that I think that, uh, John Walker is going to turn into a just complete and total douchebag by the end of this. And, uh, you know, end up with some, some epic fight scenes. Um, but dude, I, I, the only thing I like, I can't take myself away from the fact that John Walker is what uh, played by Wyatt Russell, who's Kurt Russell's son, and he looks exactly like Kurt Russell. Mm. And it's just it's jarring how <laughs> you know because every time I see him, I'm like, uh, it's Kurt Russell. So that's the only th- the only casting problem I think I have. But um, what did you think about? So I think the action scenes. It seems like they they're gonna do one big action set piece per episode. At least right. we we got a big one first episode and a big one second episode. Um, do you think that's enough? They they've obviously learned from some of the big mistakes that Michael Bay 
makes. Mm -hmm. And that is having a whole bunch of uh, action scenes and all it looks like is freaking feet and freaking hands are just freaking flying there and you can't tell what's what, right? Slow down the action. Make sure that people understand the impact of what's going on and the importance of some of the fighting. Um, And then sometimes even violence just for violence sakes is okay, right? But at the end of the day, I don't need to be freaking teared up and freaking not understand what the point of it was. So that's as mad as some of the stuff that Marvel's put out, at least they freaking get that right. Um, and hopefully they continue with that with, with Black Widow. Um, I, I think we'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, man, um, there, there's nothing that I can see bad right now against the action, right? Even the chase scenes. And, you know, God, yeah. lo- God knows I hate chase scenes. I hate chase scenes, right? Um, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I, I, I saw a chase scene that I actually freaking liked. Actually, the last one was that Will Smith movie with the where he was a freaking clone. That was pretty. That was pretty interesting. But you know, it's so difficult, and they decided to implement it. And I guess that's what people want, right? You want to. You wanted the whole spy movie deal, right? Where there's the soldier and the spies, right? And this is probably supposed to be an extension of the whole Black Widow world, right? But of course, Black Widow has been so far. Uh, once again, it's been freaking delayed, delayed, delayed. Yeah. Till God knows when. Um, to July seventh. July seventh is now, and it's going to be out in theaters and also on Disney Plus for uh for an extra charge. So they say until next time. Right. Right. Until they move it again. But I think I I think for them announcing that it's going to be available on Disney Plus kind of locks them in because I don't think they're now I don't think there are going to be a lot of people running out to the theaters to go see it when you can just sit at home, spend 30 bucks, make your own popcorn and watch it in front of, you know, your your 70 inch widescreen with no people around. So, yeah, Uh, but uh I want to say, uh, you know, about Falcon and Winter Soldiers, I, I think they've hit that formula that we haven't seen, I think, since uh, since probably Bad Boys, right? That buddy cop movie where the, they, they play off each other so well and, and it just plays into, uh, you know, Marvel kind of wants to be comedies, right? So they need to, you need to have your funny spots in there. Uh, and there were a couple of scenes in here that I just thought were really kind of funny, just, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier going back and forth with the uh, the aliens, androids, and wizards uh, like yeah. lines, and um, I thought that uh, I thought that those were really funny. I think they both have really good chemistry, and I, I'm I'm really looking to see uh, where this goes. And just like I like I said, just shout out Mark Runewald's ideas in the '80s kind of cap that's coming out here. Um, Mark created the Flag Smasher, who they've changed to. Uh, a, a group right in the comic right. book and the comic book flag smasher was actually a person with a group called ultimatum which uh basically was the same group right, right. same group that we're seeing here uh and there back in the 80s that was uh, th- this was kind of like a radical idea of a group that wanted to erase borders and make it one world and no government right so basic a basic anarchist just eliminate borders and have one world. And that's the idea here. There are actually groups now <laughs> in America or in the world that actually want to do this. <laughs> so yeah. this is this is an actual thing now. And back in the 80s, I, I thought it was such a radical 
idea that I was hard pressed to kind of say, wow, is he really kind of a villain? I don't like the way he's going about kind of being a terrorist about it. But, right. um, but I mean, it's kind of a good idea to kind of want world peace, right? That's not a that's not what a villain wants. <laughs> so, and I I actually kind of liked Flag Smasher for a while when I was a kid. Here it is you see that the, the just it's the the means that they're going about it is kind of the wrong way. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I love so Mark Grunewald created John Walker and Lamar Hoskins. Um I kind of like that they just jumped into the whole Battlestar thing. I don't know if you remember back when they first introduced yes. uh they called Lamar Hoskins Bucky, which ends up yeah. in a back way being a, a racial slur, um, which uh, Mark Grunewald wasn't aware of at the time. So it was like a honest, my bad kind of. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was a, that. It, yeah, it was a big stretch. It, it was a big stretch. Like oh, like young Buck, right? Um, yeah, people don't realize, you know, oh. Buck, you know, well, you know, back in the day, you know, they used to sell black guys, and eh, so what, man? That's that is such a stretch. That is such yeah. a freaking stretch for, you know, come on, cal- calm down, man. It's not that serious, man. I mean, you know, ah, oh, come on, man. So, well, so, t- so, 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 what now, freaking uh, black guys not allowed to go to freaking Ohio State, Ohio State, because they're called what we call Buckeyes? <laughs> come on now. Uh, so well to 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 mark to mark's credit when he realized and someone actually had to tell him that that you know hey uh you you call him you call him lamar bucky and that's racial uh he actually did he actually in the comic book changed his name to battlestar but also mentioned mentioned it so he was actually educating a lot of a lot of kids that, that that this is this is a racial slur and i to, to me I, I haven't heard from him since <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah well he changed his name to battlestar and then he was pretty much shuffled off to obscurity but um so so then we have another mark grunwell creation introduced in this episode called the power broker right and that is going to be uh figuring in the rest of the show and just to go forward and, and of course this, these are my predictions um but I mean, it's so it's such an easy prediction to make. Uh, they, this episode, you find out that John and Lamar both are just regular soldiers, put in a costume and expected to go out in superhero. They're not super soldiers; they don't have powers, and they show that in the scene uh, on the tra- on the tra- tractor trailer truck when they both get their asses kicked. Right. So what's going to happen is they are going to end up in front of the power broker, and they are going to get superpowers and become super soldiers. Now, they did this in the comic book retroactively. So when they first introduced John Walker, he was the super patriot before he became Captain America. But he he had super soldier powers because he went to the power broker in, in the Marvel Universe. And the power broker, he kind of cracked the code on the super soldier serum. But in this instance, they worked more like steroids where they they didn't uh they kind of gave you kind of that road rage kind of roid rage kind of thing right. um so they had a bad side effect and that's what's going to happen and it's that that's what you can kind of see with these flag smashers that are running around with super soldier powers is that you're going to see that there's a limit to that and that there's a point where you know John John Walker, who they have introduced, and they've already pretty much said, you know, wow, he kind of is, he's kind of a dick, right? Mm, um, yeah. 
once he gets superpowers, I think it's going to magnify that. <laughs> and and it, you will, we'll see at the end that they'll end up fighting him and we'll see. But I mean, they do got, you know, he does eventually become U.S. agent and they throw him in the Avengers. So, uh, you know, they, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that direction. And if he becomes part of like a new Avengers type movie in the cinematic universe, wouldn't surprise me, but right. uh I, I thought that these first two episodes, uh, I think, where, Wanda, where we saw WandaVision start off super slow, I feel right. like here where we've kind of ramped up, and they did have to spend a minute in the first episode to kind of say, okay, these where these these characters are now. But now you're driving plot. They introduced Baron Zemo at the end of this episode. Um and we know that we're going to get hit. We're going to get him more, and we, he's going to have the purple hood finally. And we're, they're bringing back Sharon Carter. This, it, this to me, with, and the, combined with the fact that each episode is just about an hour long now, right? It's like 47, 48 minutes. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's going to be great. Right, and and they get to go a little bit faster, right? Because it's not like the magic stuff where they need to go a little bit slower and explain how the magic works, right? All they yeah. need to do is, hey. These are our good guys. These are our bad guys. These guys are getting ready to fight. These these guys. The only problem is that the guys that are supposed to be the good guys are actually freaking very annoying. Or they've got this guy doesn't like this guy. So hey, fucking like that buddy cop movie. Or hey, yeah. freaking you know. So those are the little elementals that that allows them to go a little bit faster and be a little bit more entertaining. Uh, so you know. Let's see where it goes, man. <laughs> One last thing that I kind of feel like I need to bring up because I saw this a lot on social media and even my my daughter, I watched I watched the second episode with my daughter yesterday and she's been uh you know, she's she's part of the LGBTQ community and she watched this episode and she said that by the end of this series Falcon and Winter Soldier are going to be in a relationship. <laughs> And <laughs> and it's kind of funny that they, you know, and it's and this is the the millennials, the younger generation, really kind of really kind of championing this, right? And they, they've been trying to push this for years, even through the movies. And I kind of feel like it's funny because I kind of feel like a couple of scenes that they threw in here, or a couple of moments that they threw in there, was just to kind of get my, like like people like my daughter to kind of feel that way. <laughs> and I thought it was I thought it was funny because I didn't see it at all. And then when she brought it up, I was like, wait a second, don't, uh, don't read into that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. See, once again, this is where th- if they did do that, it would be trash. Absolutely freaking trash. And, and, yeah. and, I, and I say that once again, because look at the way that the other, the rest of the world does their stuff and it's starting to conquer it. Right. And, and yeah. anime and manga and, and Korean soap operas. It takes yep. two to three years for them to develop something before they even hold hands, right? Mm. As opposed to American stuff where they're banging around at each other by hour two, uh, you know, the first episode, right? So, yep. so once again, this is not just, and some elements of American cinema understand that. Um, in fact, I think was it China? China was freaking. Uh, Send us some hate mail towards Disney's way because of certain things that they didn't like that they were that they were doing. Um, so, hey, you guys don't know how to market toward China because you're doing this, this, and the other thing. And, it, and I think they blacked out. Um, was it the Oscars because of some stuff that they were, they were doing? Um, and and they're right, right? And that, that's why 
you know, the Asian market has been slowly taking taking over, and they have been directing and funding a lot of stuff. So it's going to happen. But, and I, I see where she, your your niece or and my daughter. <laughs> Well, she might be your daughter now. And sometimes what's coming out of daughters now, son, God bless them. You know, I'll let her come on and tell me her, he, she pronouns, you know, um, the, uh, you know, if, if I can understand them wanting to have that, to have to wanting them to have more representation. Right. Um, but the problem is, is that there's already a representation like that in the comics. So if they want to do that, they need to let those actual characters come out yeah, onto the screen and do it that way. Vice is making somebody something that they're not. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to shout that out because then in the first episode, they introduced Torres, right? Joaquin Torres in the first episode is now he's a soldier boots on the ground for Sam, but in the comic, he is the Falcon. He becomes the Falcon in when Fal- when Sam becomes Captain America. Mm. So, uh, so f- to have them introduce him already, uh, that's that's something too. And if if I remember correctly, I think Joaquin Torres is a member of LGBT uh, community. I might be wrong, but um, I think when they introduced him, he was either like a gay man or something like that. So, I, I mean, we haven't seen him in the last couple of, couple of years unless he's uh, – I think he's shown up in the Champions. But, um, you know, during during uh, the run where Sam was Captain America, he was pretty prominent in that. So, right. I, I, I don't care. They just got to do it right. I, yep. If, if there's that much of an element to it, then we got a problem because here, here's the deal. When it comes to fighting and you know, when it comes to war – a punch is still a punch. A bullet is still a bullet. It doesn't matter what the sexual preference of the person that's shooting or throwing the punch. Yep. Right? They still land and they freaking kill the same. I never, I like 20, 30 years ago, whenever the comic, and still today, I never care about, you know, the sexual preference of any of my characters. It never even came up. I never even thought about it. So now. You know, when I'm watching this and my daughter throws this out there, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even think about that. You know, so. Right. Uh, but anyway, let's jump, let's jump into because I mentioned earlier that they're that they pushed back Black Widow again. Like I think the last time we were talking about that, that they had pushed it to May May seventh release in theaters, and then, uh, you know, tune in, right? Tune in for yeah. further notice. Um, so now we have news that they are pushing us back again. To July seventh, and that means we don't get a Marvel movie now till July, um, but it's going to be released in theaters and as well on the Disney Plus app for an extra premium charge. Yeah. So now going forward, now Disney's been fighting this for like a year. They didn't want to do this with the Marvel movies. But now I think they're stuck, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. need to get this out there. Now that they have these the D- Disney Plus shows, they're you know now they're they're in everybody's mind again. Well, we kind of took a year off. That's great, but now we need to come start coming out with some movies. They're still filming, so they they have like three movies in the can already. They're starting to film. Uh, they're starting to film Doctor Strange. They're filming Guardians of the Galaxy three, which isn't even due out till twenty twenty three, and. You know, we we have stuff. They they have an unannounced uh, movie that they announced on the slate for next year, November, which we don't even know what it is yet. 
Right. So they're, I mean, they're not stopping producing this stuff, but they're just going to have to dump a lot of this stuff eventually. They're not changing the release date for Eternals again. They're not changing the release date for Spider-Man 3, which was supposed to be getting at the end of this year. So where we are going to be faced with having three or four Marvel movies between in the second half of the year from July to December and yeah. then going on to a full slate again for 2022. Right. Uh, for so, four movies. Right. So so what they're stuck with right now is they're stuck in the same boat where with Captain Marvel, right? Where people were asking, like, why did you really want to have a movie with Captain Marvel? Because before the movies and everything, nobody outside of comic book uh readers and speculators really knew who Captain Marvel was, right? So now you're stuck with the same thing with Black Widow, whereas it has to be good. So that the executives can show, hey, yes, female leads, female-led freaking superheroes are still profitable. Yeah, right? and you're not going to be able to show that correctly while with people sitting on their freaking couch, right? Um, yeah. Right. Right now, and I'll take Justice League. Right now, um, the executives are unable to prove that there are a bunch of people that actually like the cut, right? Because everybody's sitting home, you know, um, and 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 I know you guys are lying. There's a freaking <laughs> line. Oh, because you got so many people. Oh man, I I I I, I don't watch it. I never freaking watched it. I'm never gonna watch it. I already watched it the first time and it was bad. You liars. You know, <laughs> you know, it even. Oh man, I can't stand sitting around for four hours. It's like it, it literally breaks it down like four to five parts, so you can just you don't have to sit down and watch. So I and I know there's a whole bunch of people that are lying. Uh, oh man, I'm never gonna watch it. Yeah, you you you're lying. You're, you're <laughs> rigging, rigging liars. Um. So so that so that's what they're that's what they're battling against, right? They they don't. People have forgotten about Black Widow or how integral she was towards the Avengers team. Yeah. Right. And as much as I even I love uh, Scarlett Johansson, I love her as a person. She knows when to speak up. She knows when to shut up. She knows when to show up for work and she knows when to take her check and just go home and freaking play and play ball with herself. That's why I that's why I love this character. I, I this is the worst that it could happen. Uh, for a person, because this is supposed to be her big freaking movie. This is supposed to be, and yeah. then, and then, even within the context of its own movie, you've got basically it's her passing off the the torch to another character, the White Widow, uh, Yella yeah. Begulov or whatever. So that's yeah. even worse, or that's what yeah. we think, or that's what we think is happening, right? Yeah. Well, it's a swan, it's a swan song for the character. It's supposed and, to be right, even though yeah. there's technically clones out there because that's the way it works. Is that and, the, yeah. and she's a clone in the comic book, so I mean they could go that route. But I mean with them, uh, them uh, with with down, Robert Downey Jr. leaving, Chris Evans leaving, it does very much seem like this is kind of a passing of the torch to the next phase um, of characters. With only like I think Chris Hemsworth's the only one that said I'm going to play Thor for till I die, so, right. And 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 he's pretty much set up. The comics has already set him up uh, to be able to do what they want to do. They've got the old Thor that's running around in MCU universe. There's a young Thor, and those mm-hmm. three Thors, the current, old, and young Thor, they're running around at the same time, you know, fighting, um, fighting everything together. Um, no, so it's it's. I love the way the comics has set the MCU up. 
and it's unfortunate of uh, uh, what the the past things that have been happening that's kind of slowed us down because now I don't get, now we don't really get to see the vision of which and now they've got a where we they, we could have said yeah especially because all that momentum that they had yeah. at their affinity affinity or an end game right they had a, all the they had all the momentum now you're slowed down and now you got to try and pick it up out of nowhere yep Right, you gotta pick it out of nowhere. Yeah, you had one division, but it doesn't take much momentum to get me to sit out, sit on my freaking couch. You yeah, you know, and I just want to say, like you had mentioned earlier about the the like the female being uh, being a female carried movie. Um, how much damage did that did Wonder Woman two do? You know, because Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was a dumpster fire, as far as I'm concerned, and I right. kind of feel like that might that might have been detrimental to. Uh, to people picking up Black Widow, I but I mean I personally I don't think that's the case. I think that uh, Scarlett Johansson has her amount of fans uh, for of Bla- of the Black Widow character, and I think she's a strong enough character that she could carry a movie. I think even better than Gal Gadot did for Wonder Woman, um, sure. and you know we'll see. Um, but we are coming out of a pandemic, and I think Mar- I think DC. Uh, DC I think. Disney did the right thing by putting this on the app. Um, I know it's not their business model, and I know that that's the last thing they absolutely want to do, but they're kind of put in a corner here now that where they kind of have to do it. Um, right. But I don't think, I, and, I, and where I think people are saying that this is probably going to be the, the deal going forward um, for like the Eternals or the Shang-Chi or Spider-Man coming out, um, <laughs> I think this is probably the only movie you're going to see on the app. And then, and then by next, by the time Eternals comes in, we're all going to be driven to the theaters. We're all just yeah. going to be like, yeah, man, go back to the theater, man. And yeah. I, it, it sucks so hard now that you now that you mentioned those other movies. Yeah, I once again, as rich as as rich as Disney is, man, I, I kind of feel sorry for them because once again, all the ment- all the momentum they had, right? All yeah. the ways that they showed me of how the Marvel Universe kind of works, especially in the yep. MCU, right? Because you had me on the, the cosmic stuff, right? You had me on the yep. tactical stuff. You had me on the small one. Now they've got to pick it up again, right? Yep. And, and, and WandaVision, uh, we suspected, was going to pick us, pick us up and freaking give us more of a window into how that works. And once again, and I've talked about this before, I could see what they were going to try and do, where they want to try and teach us Hey, there's this elder god out there, and this elder god is the boss of this and this and that. And then reading the articles, and apparently the director says, "Yeah, that's what we had planned to do." But then we cut it off because we decided, you know what? Let's just do the Wanda and the Vision story, and let that let that be it, right? Um, yeah. And, and and it makes sense at this point because once again, we're supposed to be way out of this pandemic. Yeah. If they if they were going to build all that all that other stuff up to so say hey here's this cosmic thing now here you go and it's supposed to be a torch handed off to this other project well we don't know when those other projects are coming out right now yeah and uh, you know so, I think man. I don't I don't think Black Widow is going to be as big of a loser as it had might have the potential of being but I think the big loser might be Eternals because that we haven't we haven't even seen a preview for that we haven't seen a trailer we haven't seen anything. And this movie's supposed to come out soon, and it, it, we we don't and and it's going to be a whole bunch of characters that we've never seen before. So that 
in itself might might say might keep people people away um even though if you remember a few years ago when they did guardians of the galaxy and that turned into be a huge huge hit um because because marvel had the cash at that time at the cachet at that time to say man we're we're making a billion dollars a movie let's throw out something that no one's ever seen before right and they and it worked for them i don't think that that works this time with eternals or maybe even shang chi you know like no one knows who master of kung fu is anymore i mean they right. don't when was the last time we seen a kung fu movie the only thing that might be that might bring that up is uh cobra kai right but i mean right. this is going to be a far cry from cobra kai so exactly yeah. but any, anyhow hey uh, uh well let's take a quick break and then we come back we're going to get into uh marvel distribution and then we'll talk some comics okay right back That is my favorite podcast commercial. <laughs> you know, it, it, it kind of whips me up, man, because one of the first figures that he shows in that commercial is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I can't find Ninja Turtles in stores anywhere out where I'm at, man. That is such a hard. Really? Yeah, man. Freaking, that is a hard. So if you guys see them, man, freaking get them and sell them to me. <laughs> are, they still, are, they, are they still making Ninja Turtle toys? Yeah, um, they just, I think it was Nika just had a, a good line that came out maybe actually right in the middle or right in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, first, they went, they were in the UK, actually. Um, and um, I asked some of our guys for help and they, they couldn't freaking get any. And then they were supposed to go to Target and I didn't find out to the, to the last minute. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's weird weird thing going on with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, but so, Disney will buy them sometime. Who knows? So tell me tell me something, because I know that, uh, you know, I used to collect action figures back in the day. I don't anymore, but um, the fun for me was always the hunt, because that was com- the, you know, comic books too, right? So mm-hmm. you're always going to find the, you have to go out and find them. Uh, it's so easy now to just go online and like, that's and that's what I ended up doing with Star Wars figures when I, when they, they kind of, uh, you couldn't find them all in the store. I just went on to one of these websites and just bought a case, you know, and it was yeah. so easy to just buy a case. And there were some websites that were just going to let you like, they buy well, like one of every figure. Okay. You know, yeah. just swipe my credit card. And that, that to me, uh, actually knocked me out of the whole collecting thing. Cause I was like, okay. Uh, so there was no danger anymore of me missing a figure or not being able to find something I really wanted. And it just, it, I lost the love for it because yeah. the love, the love for it is finding that one thing you're looking for, not, and not knowing that you were going to find it. Exactly. So, yeah. That, that love is gone. Unless you're a flipper, right? Where 
right. where you know you're buying like twenty of uh, that same freaking figure, and then you're hoping to sell it for like double or triple. Um, so, I was never that. I always wanted one for my collection, and then that was it. But uh, you know, when I started missing missing figures because I wasn't going to the store as much, or they were becoming too popular, and I wasn't be I wasn't able to beat the hardcore people there. To get this, to get the the figure I wanted, but yeah. well, what I will tell people uh, for that are listening um, is that something to keep an eye out for when it comes to Ninja Turtles, and uh, I, I'll, I'll put them, on, I'll put put them under two things: Ninja Turtles. So for free comic book day, and is is that August or something like that? Yeah, um, there is some Ninja Turtle figures. Are only going to be available on on comic book day. Um, need to keep an eye out for that. And then uh, FOC this week, there is some zombie Hulk Funko Pops uh, that's coming out. <laughs> um, and the reason why that's interesting is because if there's a one to six. That means that the retailer has to buy six Funko Pops, and then they get this Funko Pop comic book um, with with uh, with the Hulk on it, right? So, and then for each Funko Pop that they get or that you get, you get automatically entried into a contest to win this Guardians of the Galaxy Funko Pop. Um, and I, I think there, that's even more limited. There's like, like only going to be maybe like 100 of those. So that's something that people wow. need to keep an eye out for. Wow. It's a, it's a collectible thing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I used to love that stuff. Uh all right, so I mean, thinking about like when when's Disney and Marvel gonna buy Ninja Turtles or something? I mean, it seems like they're kind of going out and buying all these other properties like Aliens and Predator and all that stuff. So well, right, well, well, well I'll, 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 this is another tidbit that I'll put on, uh, put everybody out on uh, this week. Um, so Ninja Turtles, uh, the licensed property is owned by Viacom CBS. Mm-hmm. Viacom CBS. Um, when it, and when it comes to Wall Street and stock world, they were downgraded as far as their credit rating and all that other stuff by two analysts. Those two analysts said, eh, even though it's $100 out, it actually should probably be around like 58 63 Well, this morning, as of Friday, the 27th, the stock dropped like a freaking rocket, like out of the really? like rock, out of the freaking sky, dropped from like $100 down to like $39.81. Do we know why? Yeah, because of those two analysts. They said, eh, we don't think yeah. it's, it's worth that much. So it dropped dropped out. Um, and they were basically going off of what they think about Paramount Plus. Right, Paramount Plus is their their streaming service. And they're like, yeah, we don't think there's anything worth it. You know, There's only so much SpongeBob and so much Star Trek you can freaking watch. So everything dropped out of freaking sky. Everybody so, thought about that at Disney Plus when it launched. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, you know, Disney, Disney – Disney in itself has so much stuff that that it can it can show right. It's already got its big library, and then it eventually bought Fox, and then all this uh yeah Fox Fox and Sony or some of Sony properties and all that other stuff. So there's so much stuff that they can show and, and put on. So the thing is, if if within the year, Viacom cannot turn it around, and, and it, it did go back up. It went back up to like forty eight bucks. Went back up to ten bucks. If but Viacom cannot turn it around. Yeah. Right. If Viacom cannot turn it around, they're going to need to start sell some of those properties. And I guarantee you, one of the first things that Disney will try and buy from them is going to be that Ninja Turtles, that Ninja Turtles license. 
Yeah, I mean, can you imagine seeing Ninja Turtles at Disney World? I can't. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, I can. Uh, it's going to be either, either to be that or SpongeBob, but I, I think they're going to make more money off of the uh, the Ninja Turtle stuff. Um, so let's let's pivot to a subject that's going to be in your wheelhouse, and we're going to talk about Marvel changing their distribute distributor to Penguin Random House, and kind of now this is not that they they didn't fire Diamond right, so the Diamond is still gonna uh, is still gonna deliver. Marvel products, however, Penguin Random House seems as though have gotten the sweetheart deal in this, correct? Right. So yes, they absolutely did fire right getting Diamond. Uh, so Diamond is going to become a wholesaler, as in, uh, in order to get books, Diamond is going to have to go through Penguin House to get those books. Oh, really? Okay, yes. I didn't, I didn't see that detail. Yep. Um, so. Th- there's all types of little ins and outs that hasn't that we're not sure about yet. However, that is the most definite thing that we do do know. Um, it came out late uh, late yesterday afternoon. Hey, Penguin House is going to be exclusively the wholesaler for Marvel, and then maybe an hour after that, after I started sending out random emails like, "Hey, what's going on, Diamond?" Um, that's when the CEO of Diamonds says, yeah, we're still going to be providing Marvel stuff. It's just that they're going to have to provide it via Penguin Vices going direct. So basically, Diamond has to buy from Penguin and then mark up so that they make money, right? Yes. right. So you're not going to be able – I mean, you're just going to be able to get it cheaper at Penguin. So why would you use Diamond? Right. So right? – uh, Right, so so that's going to be the big questions because the main the main big thing for a lot of the retailers buying stuff from Diamond is that there is a tiered discount um, thing, right? So if you're a newer retailer, you know they start you off like around fifty, but usually like around thirty five percent, right? So extra thirty five percent, and then there are incentives that. If you sell like a thousand or two thousand, then you know your discount percentage goes up. Mm-hmm. So if you're a newer retailer like myself, and you're working hard, you're working, try, you're trying to get around the three thousand to four thousand dollars in fixed sales, so that at some point you can either keep your fifty percent or get over to fifty-three or fifty-four. Um, and I was actually just talking to Rich Johnston from Bleeding Coal, and he and he says that, you know. Stores like bleeding, uh, stores like uh, Midtown, they get out to like fifty nine percent. Wow! Uh, so that that that's that's huge, right? So that's uh, I'm never going to be able to. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to freaking get that. But that, that when you think about, <laughs> if you do the math, that's freaking that's freaking boggling, right? Mm. Um. So what what's the deal with being, being Penguin Random House? Well, what they are promising right now is that um, if you go change your account over to Penguin Random House, right? Or you're getting through them, is that they are going to be giving the retailers free shipping, right? Um, and that's that's huge because yeah. because you know, like just this past week, you know, I'm messing around with Diamond, I got a hundred and eighty dollars just in shipping charges, right? And so that means, um. Even so, for me right now, I'm working around with around like 50%, right? 50, 50 to 51%. Well, that doesn't matter because I'm still getting $180 on the back end. That means for all every freaking dollar I get off, 
a dollar fifty is speaking tacked onto that, right? Well, with Penguin, what there's they're saying, hey, you're just going to get fifty percent plus free shipping. Well, that's freaking great, right? That that's more money for me. That's more money that I can um, more savings that I can pass on to the freaking customers and all all that other good stuff, right? Um, so we'll see, but we don't know is for the smaller retailers, right, like myself, like, that are not brick and mortar. We don't know if Penguin Random House is going to say, hey, only brick and mortar is the only ones we're going to work with now, or are they going to let uh, guys with just websites um, do, do that thing? If they do that, that's freaking great, but if they do the brick and mortar, we'll, we'll see how they're that, – that's not going to work for them because I could see DC, they're having pains right now. Um, the – it just it, all types of things that's going to be interesting to see, especially. Um, no, no. Once again, I was talking to Rich Johnson. He says he doesn't think a lot of the mid-tier retailers are going to move, right? And it's going to be because they owe Diamond a lot of money, right? Because of their, the mm -hmm. way their credit stuff works, right? So they're going to they're going to keep asking for stuff from Diamond in order to try and make up their money. Um, in order to get themselves out of the freaking debt hole. Um, wow, this sounds like it could be a mess, huh? Yeah, um, especially with the pandemic, right? Um, and 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 what's even worse, and and this is coming from the SBA, because SBA once again was supposed to give everybody a bunch of disaster relief, right? Yeah. Um, you know, applying for that has been a disaster, right? They're either too slow or they've been denying um, applications like myself I don't, for no reasons um, other than other than to say, well, you know, he didn't give me enough information. Excuse me, he didn't ask for more information. Um, hmm. And then when you try and call him up, you're freaking, every single day when I call him up, you're, you're like the 200th person in the freaking queue. It's crazy. Uh, so, so right now, all I can say is I think for the individual reader, it'll be good, right? Because Ping and Random House has more printing, access to more printing houses, right? So um, you won't have to worry about, uh, hey, this book only printed like a 1,000 or 2,000 or whatever. No, they've got 275 printing divisions that they can print stuff out, right? Um, and that'll help them push stuff to like Barnes & Noble and Mil Books a million and all the other stuff, as well as the small individual retailers. Right um, now, for big retailers, it's going to suck. But for the individual reader, I think it's going to be good. And hopefully, just hopefully, um, that 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 will mean cheaper books across the board. Um, well, it should. Let's go down that road in a minute. Mm -hmm. So finish what you finish your thought. Yeah, I mean, that, that, and that's it, right? It, it should mean because if they're if they're printing. Um, within their own house. I mean, they don't have to ship very far, which means it gets printed, shipped, and it goes into the warehouse and then distributed from their own warehouse within within their own individual house. The only ones that they're going to have to worry about you know, packing and shipping to is to Diamond. So it should be more cost-effective uh, across the board for them. Uh, so, But we'll see. Well, so going down that road, we get news today or this week that um, that DC's raising the prices of their a lot of their books, a lot of their line, <laughs> to $6 a book. Yeah. 6 
dollars and yeah. that and you know what's you know what happens is the first time someone does it then everybody's going to start doing it and we're going to start seeing six dollar marvel books and uh you know i mean it just just a few years ago they were uh holding the line at 299 right and mm-hmm. now now they're they're six bucks who now first of all who's buying who's buying the monthlies at six bucks a book and it, and this is across now it's digital too. So now you're gonna be paying six bucks for the digital copy too. It's not <sighs> like that you're gonna get a break on that. So so what are they doing? And if if this is gonna be such a good a good thing for the distrib- distributors, right? And and for the retailers, if they're gonna be getting heavier discounts, where does that translate to a savings for the consumer? That is that is the crazy question, right? I don't know. So here's what I think is happening with DC, right? So um, the biggest thing that's been happening with DC is that they are now owned by, you know, Warner Brothers, which is a subsidiary of AT&T, right? And AT&T, um, it's an interesting thing always to listen into their investor relations uh, meetings. And they... Every time they talk about anything close to anything that would involve DC, they go right to the heart of the, the DC EU stuff, right? They say, hey, this is what we want to do with this license, this license, and this license. But they always skim over the stuff when it comes to the actual comics, right? Which means they have zero confidence in, in their ability to make money, right? Which means a lot of those guys, and once again, I think like towards the middle of the pandemic, maybe like three to four months after the pandemic started, they like fired a bunch of the executives from DC and let them go. Yeah. Um, the blood, I, they called that bloody, bloody Monday or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a bunch of, uh, there was like a couple of two or three months where I would go to this, uh, this industry convention, convention, Virtual, virtual convention, and I would talk to some guys that had just got off from working with DC, like the, uh, not Snyder, is it Snyder? Yes, yeah, Snyder, but not Zack Snyder, like Scott Snyder, um, yeah. the, the Palamades, and I forget who else. And they're like, oh, and I was like, oh man, I, forget, I can't wait to re- read whatever you got going on next. They're like, well, we won't be working with DC anymore. I'm like, wait, what? They said, yeah, they're not, they're they're letting much people go, and so we're going to all the other projects. It was freaking blowing my mind, right? People yeah. that have worked with DC for forever. Um, so now they're on this future state stuff. So, 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 get, getting back to what we're supposed to be talking about, your question is, <laughs> um, <laughs> going down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, is how is all of this that they're doing? Is it going to translate to the reader? It seems like they're making costs. Of, cost-effective um, decisions and they're trying to put in new characters to appeal to younger readers while also trying to show the executives on top that they can make more money and that they don't have to cut more stuff out of DC because they're they're supposed to be money makers, right? Well, not going to freaking do that. And once again, nobody wants to read DC. Uh, yeah. I tried reading the DC stuff. I tried reading it this this week, um, and I I almost fell asleep on it again. Right? Maybe, maybe I need to get two <laughs> or three more books in. But I, I like okay, because once again, it's here, here's 
here's so um i think it was a couple weeks ago i actually tried the same thing i tried reading dc and it was actually like oh okay they actually improved right um because a problem with reading dc is they cram they try and cram too much stuff into like one or two pages and i get it you know they're trying to save money whatever but you can't freaking do that they better not be doing for the six dollars that they're going to be charging everybody they better not we can keep doing that right I I I think that uh you know there are a lot of people that were on the fence when they raised it to 5 and now that it's 6 I think you're going to see a lot of people that are that are just going to jump off um but, but you know it would make sense to me if they were trying to drive people to digital right mm-hmm. because that means everybody saves money on the distributing end right um but but if they're raising that price to six bucks too, it makes zero sense to <laughs> me. Correct. So yeah, I'd say it's so I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I guess I guess tune in. You know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I really think that they're they're really kind of trying to marginalize the actual print, uh, like actual comic books. So I think right. we'll see less of them because I mean six bucks a book means they're printing less. So. Right. The um, only the only way that them getting away with charging six bucks for the digital is going to work is that those books that they have online are going to be NFTs, those non-fungible tokens, which means this book is my book, and I can pass this digital book to another person via a digital code. That's the only way that's freaking going to work if we can and stay viable. You think we're probably like five or ten years away from like that kind of technology oh no we're no. we're in and out we're in and out or maybe now. maybe people to buy into it right so and then because i mean that could open the thing it's so for collectors to for trading and and being able to like have a collectible type book yeah. um or even like trading cards you know we do they could do online trading cards and stuff now yeah if, um, if you're it, trading right what's yeah popular. so yeah exactly so um there was uh a couple of artists that I talked to last night and he said, that's what they were working on. They were working on uh, non-fungible tokens and they were tired of waiting for Marvel and DC to get off their butts and freaking ask them to do it. So they were just already freaking doing it. Yeah. And then as they were doing it, people were offering them money um, for the stuff. You no. Know? So it, it's going to get, it's going to get crazy for a while. Um, What's getting on on the Wall Street tip? Um, there are several companies, whether it be CSCW or Atari. Atari is going to freaking jump into the um, tr- jump into the foray when it comes to these non fungible tokens, right? Um, and then, right? And then, and then it's only a n- different n- another time before most of the comic retailers are going to say, "Hey, you know what? You could go now pay for our comics via Bitcoin or Ethereum and all the other freaking stuff." So, all right, yeah. Uh, let's okay. Let's get off this subject because we could really we could really go down rabbit holes and talk about different like and digress into just about everything. Let's uh, let's talk a couple of actual comics this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, so my pick this week was Taskmaster. Yeah. So this is the final issue of that uh, limited series, um, and we have uh, Jed McKay on writing with uh, Alessandro Vidi. As the artist, uh, colors by Guru EFX and VCs Joe Carmagna as letterer. Uh, 
So this uh, this uh, this limited series was uh, was all right to me. So we have Taskmaster who's who is Taskmastering it up, um, but he's running from Black Widow in this issue. Um, and this this whole series, Black Widow has been after him because he supposedly killed Maria Hill. And uh, even though we kind of know Maria Hill's not dead, uh, Taskmaster has been kind of uh, set about trying to prove his innocence uh, or basically. Most of the time, he's just spent uh, kind of dodging Black Widow, and this is uh, this is the issue where everything comes together. He's put he's thrown together with uh, with Nick Fury, and they run into Black Widow, and uh, and then you find out Maria Hill's alive. So at the end, everything is copacetic, um, and the plot's resolved, except for you know Taskmaster does what Taskmaster does, and. Uh, and ends up uh, blowing the MacGuffin at the end there. <laughs> and so my thoughts on this book is, you know, I think we see a lot more, uh, a lot more of these type of uh, anti-hero books um, where I just actually don't think Taskmaster is even an anti-hero. Taskmaster is a straight up bad guy. Um, and, I think a lot of the times, like I love Taskmaster, but I love him when he's a villain in someone else's book. And I don't really love it when he's trying to be kind of like a hero or a good guy or the protagonist of a book. I think this was, there was no, um, no change here. I, I, I did like the story. The story was really good. And I like the, uh, you know, uh, you kind of have to put Taskmaster out there when, you know, you have Black Widow coming out, and he's the bad guy in that movie. Um, so you have Black Widow here too. You have Nick Fury, who you know I love, and actually I love the scene where they actually bring back the fact that he's just he's a guy named Marcus Jackson, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and he's he's actually Nick Fury Jr. Um, Marcus Johnson, excuse me. Um, so, and that's something that they don't really do a lot of play on, right? Because everybody thinks Nick Fury is the Sam Jackson looking guy uh, from the ultimate universe. And they don't really, they don't really throw out the, uh, the original Nick Fury that much. Um, and here to have them kind of go back. And I did, they did do a storyline like 10 years ago. I don't know if you remember where they actually had Marcus Johnson become Nick Fury Jr. 